action. And the actors are acting in front of you. It's as if they're acting only for you. I don't restrict their performance. You can never tell from an actor, from a leading actor, what he's going to do. Act yourself, figure out how to rehearse. You just have to do it. Try to not over-talk it or overthink it. Leave some mystery to happen. Because I was an actor myself, I know what they're going for. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about answering questions. The job of director is to ask millions and millions and millions of questions. You're going to get questions from your crew, your cast, makeup lady, the camera, producers. You know, you're going to do Q and A's at the with the audience after your screening. You're going to have you know, answering questions for the press if you're lucky enough to go on a press tour. The job is answering questions. You're going to be answering questions to investors and producers and agents. And the job is essentially answering questions. That's the job. But the thing is, what we're going to be talking about today is you can't do that with actors. With actors, you want to do the opposite, which is you want to answer those questions with other questions. There's a power to asking questions. Questions will allow for choices to present themselves to the actor, to inspire the actor, to get their creative imaginative juices running and flowing that they are able to be inspired in the moment and that they're able to deliver amazing performances. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I think this is a really good and really important episode. I mean, it's something that exists. Uh, like it's it's quite evident. It's very self-evident, right? But it's about understanding how to ask the right questions. Because um, with... Dean and I's, with Dean and myself, our experience, uh, you know, so far has led us to to understand that uh, when we look at an art like uh, acting or you know directing or filmmaking, there's a lot of questions that are involved that kind of open up the creative process. And when you specifically are talking to your actors, um, there is a time and place where you can. Uh, directly uh, give the answer to the actor but we believe that it's somewhat detrimental in terms of opening up all the other creative possibilities which could possibly uh, you know exist so what are some of the uh, types of questions that we're talking about you know we're talking about a static question versus an active question a static question is usually somewhat uh, a non-engaging, non-creative uh, question, you know, and it's uh, it could be something, for example, like small talk. You know, how was your day? Good. You know, it doesn't it doesn't go deeper within uh, the the depths of possibilities, and that's where we're trying to delve in terms of talking to your actors. The possibility of a scene, uh, the possibility of of the character, the possibility of the moment and how to create those questions to be able to uh, not have a definite answer but to explore. What do we mean by explore? We mean it by, once again, not having a yes and no type of answer, right? Um, so it's all about the... Uh, once you know we've spoken about it many a times it's all about the process rather than the result i know it sounds a little bit cliched but when we look at um the result in terms of asking questions how are we how are we um what are some of the uh what are the some of the questions that we would be asking right what are um what are some of the questions that seem result-minded to ask your actors one of them would be, do you think this character is happy? I don't know. That's just on the top of my head. Do you think this character is sad? That goes against two of the things that we've kind of spoken about, the result direction and obviously talking about direct emotions, which is, once again, result-orientated. Um, but it also doesn't 
create any uh, barrier for options. It doesn't outline what's going on and it doesn't provide possibilities to the actor. If we, you know, Judith Weston, you and I kind of mentioned Judith Weston quite a bit. If you if you guys are listening first time, pick up Judith Weston's uh, Directing Actors book. It's a really good book. Um, she actually has a great chapter on asking questions or questions, questions, questions being important. Um, she said the best, one of the things that stuck with me when I read it was, you know, she said the best thing to do is to actually not even direct, but to ask questions. Yeah, that's the that's the number one tool in her toolkit is to ask questions, um, you know, and it's not saying that you don't know the answer to what you're doing, you know, like you have to go on this journey by yourself when you do your script analysis and you ask many questions, you know, if a couple are having a fight, what happens with fights? Fights, it's never really the first time a fight is happening. It's normally a buildup of lots of different things. Fights are, uh, are a pressure cooker. There's things that have built up all these things, you know, like mainly fights in couples. It's over the smallest, littlest things. But you wouldn't have a gigantic fight if it was the first time they did it. You know, and that's one of the big questions that she says in the book is like, is this the first time that it's happened? Probably not. You know, so if they, um, you know, if they forgot to take the, the garbage out, you know, and they're, they're arguing about the trash, that, the, 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 that they forgot the garbage and, you know, the... The husband's busy, he's got a lot of his mind, his company's failing, he hasn't been he's been out of work, maybe because of COVID or lockdown and stuff. And he's got a lot on his plate and he's trying to provide for his family. And the last thing he wants to think about is taking out the bins. But things have happened and he's forgotten, you know. And that's what they're arguing about. Like in the script it says, Oh, he didn't take the bins out and blah 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 blah. But then it doesn't say anything specifically about, you know. How many times has this happened? And you can ask your actors like, and they might not know the answer. Your actors might not know the answer. They might not have done that research themselves. And it's nothing against the actor, but they just might not have thought of that. But if you're a smart director and you really think about it, you can ask those questions and it gets the actor to really think and go well maybe it's the first time or the second time or the third time why did i not take out the bins is there another ulterior motive did i just forget to take out the bins or maybe there's a reason i did it maybe i did it out of spite because i do everything around the house not just provide for the family but i'm doing the cooking and the house cleaning and my wife is lazy so I did it out of spite because I'm doing everything. Maybe she should be the one taking out the bins, even though it's you know generally considered the man's role to take out the, the trash. Fuck it, I'm doing doing all the the typical what they used to be the the you know the female duties. Well, fuck it, I'm gonna let her do it. Why do I always have to be responsible for everything? You know, these are the questions you can ask. Can, uh, can I just jump in there and if we have a hypothetical based on your scenario, if you're the director and uh, the number one thing is knowing how to basically break down the, the script, knowing how to understand your story well, your characters, knowing it so well enough that you don't need to give the result but you ask the questions that lead to that result. So it's like, um, you know, we were speaking about it before you know, you were referencing like the Jedi mind trick, mm. you know, you're kind of doing that as a director. So if we, if we use that example, like uh, Dean's example of the, uh, the man not taking out the, the bins, if let's say in your script analysis, like we're talking about, um, and we're going to do a diff, we're going to do another episode later on, on script analysis and uh, just dive into it a little bit for you guys. But, if you've done your job and you've uh, broken down these characters to, to the bare bones to, to ba basically get a result, uh, 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 
what is it? Uh, essence of the character. So let's say this character of the man, uh, after doing your script breakdown, you have decided as the director, as part of the story, as it's written, that he's depressed, right? He's, he's a depressed character. That's, that's how it's written. That's how you've broken down. That you, you know, you don't tell the, the actor, you don't go up to the actor and you go, hey, this guy's depressed, right? I want you to play him depressed because, look, I'm not saying don't, but I'm saying the, the really good directors, the great directors, the 1% of directors would not, uh, would not kind of hand over that card because even if you're a great actor, once, once you talk of, once you, you know, what's, what's that saying with the elephant in the room? Once you see the elephant in the room, you can't mm. <laughs> unsee it sort of thing. So it's like, even if you tell them the guy is depressed, um, they can work on it. But all they're trying to kind of grasp at is basically get uh, rid of the conscious knowing of this character being depressed and trying to set up these other avenues to tap into it. How great directors do it, and both you and I have you know, seen it done, um, is they ask certain questions that surround the character to create the depression right? They ask certain questions which involve the circumstances, which involve um, the relationship, the place that they're in, um, that the past that they've had, and asking certain questions which could, uh, upon knowing, you know, that, that character, you could tap in to go uh, and talk with your actor to ask a certain question, shall we go this way or shall we go that way? So, um, do you basically have to ask yourself, in short, why is he depressed? You ask yourself as the director. This is this is the self work, right? And then you might come up with ten different ideas, and then you express those ten different ideas. You work with with your actors, and then you go down that avenue, right? You ask. Let's let's throw some some questions right now. Why could he be depressed? Could he have just lost his job? Could he? have just, uh, you know, somebody passed away in the family? Could he have, you know, uh, remorsefully cheated on his wife and now he feels bad about it? Uh, what if, you know, if it's easier for you to understand it through the what ifs, ask yourself as, as a question when you're sitting and breaking this down, ask yourself the, the what if question, like which opens up possibilities. You know, you sit there with the script and kind of like what Dean and I are just doing is you say, what if he's just gotten fired from his job at the office, you know, and he, and he just doesn't want to tell his wife. What if he wants to have a family, but he can't because he's failing as a man. Maybe he's, you know, his side of, his side of the deal doesn't, doesn't work. He's, he's having problems downstairs, you know. Why? Why is he depressed? Is he depressed because he because he because he can't provide as a man, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, um, you know, and you can use your personal life, you know, you can just think about what makes you depressed, and does any of that marry to the script? Mm. Because if you can do that, then you make it personal, mm. and then you make make it matter. So. I mean, if you don't know what questions to ask, try and find the ones that are personal to you. Because obviously you pick this script for a reason. You pick something because you relate to it in some manner or fashion. You you do that, but but there's a massive caveat to this. You don't want to use too much of your life. You want to use some of your life, but you don't want to use all of it because, you know, most of our lives we're, we're, we're boring. You know what I mean? Like we're in this creative field generally because we're, our life is, is, is boring. Like we, we don't live that boring, adventurous life that you read in novels or movies or whatnot, you know. So, you know, you've got these base elements of taking from real life, but you can also, you know, find stories and real life documentaries or instances that have happened as well and you know ask questions that that's a good point as well you know if most of our lives are boring 
is is that the reason why the character's depressed? You see, even even that is a truth. Let's say in in, in our lives that ninety percent of the time we're doing mundane things, that we're finding those things quite boring and and almost to a point depressing, where you could put that into the script. You could you could say, hey, is this character to your actor? Is this character? Uh, just sick of his life you know and what is this around him in in the scene that makes it so that gives him that uh depression you know you don't you don't ask this question to your actors but but you look around and you 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 ask some things you say you know um do you see that the things that you're doing do you do it do you do them day in day out you know do you enjoy doing them and if the actor says well i do well, now, now you change it. You change it for them. So it's a, it's a you know, mundane thing. You say, well, what if you've been doing that for the last 20 years, right? And, that's, and plus, on top of that, you're working the, the same job that's going nowhere. Your job is not going nowhere. Um, your uh, life is not going anywhere. You're almost getting to your midlife, um, you know, your friends have all gotten the things that uh, they want in their lives. Yeah, comparison is so powerful. If you compare, if comparison is is a great motivator for depression. If you know, um, if if someone close to you is 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 doing well and you're not, you know, that's why social media. They they say social media causes a lot of depression. It's because. Um, you know, there's a lot of comparison of people living those exciting, extraordinary lives. They're in nice hotels. They're in nice, you know, you know, everything's beautifully shot and everything looks like they're having fun. But that's you're capturing, you know, five seconds, a minute of joy. But you know, they could be just as miserable and depressed. But they're just showing you the highlights of an amazing life, an amazing thing, and that can just make you depressed. And then the choices. As a director and as an actor, you know, that person that you're comparing yourself to, you could just go, oh, yeah, I'm comparing myself to the person on TV. I'm comparing myself to Brad Pitt, you know, like he's got a better life than me. But that's a kind of a weak choice, mm. you know. You want to pick someone, it's like, you know, like you don't have to like talk to the actor specifically, but you like, who's that person, your mum, Here's a great one for you for you guys. Here's a little hack. Ask your actors, who's that person in your life that your mum always brought up in conversations of why can't you be like him or her? Why can't you be like your cousin Johnny? Why can't you be like your best friend Matt at school? Because that is personal. That's real. That's that person where, you know, like they they were the, the, the shining light, you know. Maybe it's a brother or sister. That is always, you know, is the thing. And you're the black sheep of the family, you know. Like it's going to be different for everyone. But if you ask those questions on who it could be in that actor's life, eventually there's going to be a light in their eyes where you say you give these suggestions on who this person could be and there's going to be a light or a spark in that actor's eye. And when that spark happens, when you see it, that's the choice. That's what it is. It's 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 a good point but i, I kind of want to move away from like just thinking that it's like an inner thing mm. like because people will just assume that it's like you know about all this emotional psychological stuff like it can also present itself on a simplistic basis of like you know you have a character that's standing in a hallway waiting to go inside a door right very simplistic i'm just thinking on the top of my head and they're about to go for an interview, but uh, they don't know what this place looks like. They don't know what's behind the door. A simple question of asking what's behind the door, what stands there. Um, if the if the actor either says, you know, um, a job interview, well, that's that's not specific like we've spoken about. It does nothing. It creatively, it just sparks nothing. Um, also, if they don't have an answer, it means they haven't thought about it. Most actors do this intuitively. Good actors, they ask themselves questions. 
they ask themselves a lot of questions in terms of why do I do this? Like I've heard Tom Hardy when he did um, Mad Max, uh, apparently a lot of people found him very, uh, well, some people found him very hard to work with because he asked a lot of questions. He asked, why, why would I do this? Why would I do that? What, what would he do there? Why would I do that? People are like, oh my God, he's asking all these questions. No, because he's asking questions. Sometimes he knows the answer, but he's trying to open up possibilities. Like he would be so specific on certain things. And Jesus, that this is why he's Tom Hardy. This is why he gets work because he's so specific in what he does that even, you know, I think it was, I believe it was one of the stunt coordinators that was talking about um, there was a scene where he was supposed to punch him on top of the car or something. And, um, and then he asked the, the stunt guy, why does, why is he punching me with that hand? Why, why do you hit me here? Like, why, why not, why not this? And he was like, I, I don't know, you know? Um, and that's the kind of level of actor. If you get to work with these actors, that's on the level of how they think you might not give them the answer, but you can also you know, give them uh, the question of what do you think? If you don't know how to question it, you ask them to, to open up certain questions and you write along. If you see a certain question that's in favor of, of a certain path that the character needs to take, you, you basically say, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe we, yeah, maybe let's go down that path, you know. Or what do you think if, if you know, if instead of that, maybe we can go down the other path? You know, but it's it's that level of you being ready as a as a director and understanding the script that you don't have to uh, you don't have to necessarily give the answer if Tom Hardy was asking you certain things, but you 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 guide them in a certain frame or a certain light. So I want to kind of move away from you know the psychological stuff. Yeah, can we go back to that example about the guy in the hallway going to the interview? Mm. I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant question because mm-hmm. I was like, as just say you know I was working with Bucky, Bucky's directing me, and he goes, "What do you think's behind that door?" Now, as an actor, I just my imagination just sparked, right? And it 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 I understand exactly why you ask that question and what it does. Because if you know what's behind that door, you know what I mean? Like we always, every time we go and do a job interview, we imagine that, you know, we have a, we imagine certain expectations of what this job interview is going to look like. You know, if we, if we have like, you know, it's a big job, you know, multi-billion dollar company, you know, we're going to have expectations of what that job interviews, that job interview room is going to look like. It's going to look really fancy. It's going to look, there's going to be, you know, golden chairs. You know, there's going to be like massive paintings on the wall, you know. And that expectation, when that actor will actually go, walks into that next room, if it matches their reality of what they expected, that's going to, ch- that, that, then that's going to give a certain result. But what if it isn't? What if it's a shitty little office that, doesn't look like what if you were promised that it's a trillion dollar company but it's like a run down piece of shit what if it's a community hall that they that they're having the interview like i they had to rent like a church space for like ten dollars an hour or something you know what i mean like what if what if the expectation that you had was completely the opposite what would that do what happens if it's the same you know what i mean like these questions these expectations they're going to change on how you take in the scenario because then you're going to be asking questions of like, oh, well, I expected this. I'm going for this job. I'm expecting these results. I'm expecting this kind of person to be behind the door. I expected like it's going to be like this serious businessman. What if it's a woman? And my character is a womanizer. What if she's wearing a low-cut top and I can see her breasts, you know, like... You know what I mean? And then I'm going to be looking down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what if what if I've, you know, had a, a past of womanizing or, or, or uh, you know, like it just I, I just asks so many questions. And then, you know, like it's just going to throw, throw you off of like how do you pre- present yourself now? Because, you know, we all have a game plan of how we're going to do things in life. And we can plan and plan and expect everything that's going to happen. But that's not life. 
life will always throw a curveball. Life was never is never ever ever one hundred percent exactly how you saw it or predicted it. As much as we want to say it is, there's always some fine detail where it's not exactly what you expected or how a certain thing would come out. So it's a very big element of this uh, process of, of work between an actor and a director. That is a really good point that, you know, expectation versus reality. Like the expectation. Never. Oh, can I just say the expectation and reality? If you want to see a great scene of that expectation versus reality, uh, five hundred days of summer with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They do this thing where he's going to re- reconnect with uh, Summer, and um, you know she's invited him to a party, and he goes and like he's got this expectation, and they do a split screen down the thing, and they show his expectation of what's going to happen and he's going to go to this party and he's going to connect with her and they're going to be flirting and then they're going to be making out at the end and it's going to be lovely but then they see the 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 reality of it and he goes upstairs and then it's like he's sitting in the corner he's being a wallflower he's not connecting he's watching her having a good time he's having a shit time he's drinking alone and it's a really good ex- example of expectation and reality. Like hits it right on the nose. So if you want to see a great example, uh, you can even just uh, YouTube that scene, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, that that that's the point that I was kind of leaning into. It's like, you know, you're creating with these questions. You're ex- you're creating false expectations. You're creating these things where it's like, um, you know, like a as we say, the what-if scenarios. And um, I want to kind of like delve into uh, another example, which I was hinting to is um, let's say we go we go with that same uh, same scenario where it's, you know, there's, there's the same film. We, we're putting a film together where this character is just going for a job interview and in the next scene he... Um, He's supposed to go home to his wife, but he comes home late. And um, she, you know, his wife is is obviously upset. And we, even though, you know, even though it's quite obvious and very, very, um, what's the word? Very directly shown in the script of, you know, the, or it might not be on why he's late. We create scenarios, we create questions they open up that world. So we we ask ourselves, why could he be late? Could he have had a flat tire? Could there be a, a lot of traffic that that have that had stopped him? Could he have basically been kept back from this interview um, because of certain circumstances? Could he be having an affair? You know, could he have been? You know. Uh, going to the hospital maybe he's got a diagnosis for some illness that he doesn't want his wife to know about could he um gonna go pick up some drugs you know go to his drug dealer and and get some drugs and this might not all be in the script by the way you know what i mean and these are things that you could say like oh yeah he's gonna go pick up some drugs but we didn't write it that he's a drug dealer he's taking drugs you know does that mean we have to write to rewrite the script or change it no no don't go. Don't fall down. As tempting as that is, well, oh no, we have to talk to the writer. We have to change the script because now we, we've decided it's a better choice that he's a drug dealer. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're not saying that. That is a dangerous trap. I've been down that trap, and it is a horrible place to be. It's horrible, especially if you're an actor listening to this, and then you come up with these questions, and you go, oh, I think this and that, and then now we should write the script because then it'll be so much better and so much more. That is. Terrible, terrible place to be, and I would highly advise. Be warned. Do not do that. Unless you're writing a novel or you're writing, you're, you're a screenplay writer that you can incorporate it. But then you can always, like, even if you write those things, you can always go even deeper, and because the human element and the circumstances and what's going on can always go deeper and deeper through more questions, through more findings that can actually put meat on the bones, you know, because the bones is the script and the meat is all the uh, circumstances, all the building of the character and asking questions. 
um, and knowing how to do it yourself first as a director and then allowing your actors to either ask you those questions without knowing the answers or, you know, playing it out, testing it. You know, if you do rehearsals, you you ask these questions. What if, you know, today he's missed the bus, you know, because last week his car broke down. So that's why he's late for work. You know, what if the bus got hijacked? You can go as crazy as the questions as, as you want, depending on um, the, the residue, the filter of, of the questions that you want. Like Dean said, if, if he went to get drugs and he's secretly doing drugs without telling his wife, well then that's one type of character. You know, if he's stopping off to church to pray before he goes, that's another type of character. But then why is he going to church to pray? That's the question you've got to ask. That's where they end up stopping because um, it, it, it becomes surface and it becomes enough for them to go, oh, well, that's, yeah, he's gone to church. But then so what? What does that do for the actor? What does that do for the scene? Ask yourself, why would he be going to church? You know, could he have... Um, is he dealing with some past circumstances? Is he maybe, you know, if you've done a rehearsal based on the character of going to the to the hospital, you know, maybe he's diagnosed with cancer or something that he doesn't want to tell his wife that finally he's become religious. He's actually turned to religion for help. He's got no other avenues. Could he have been, you know, religious all along? Maybe he's had family history of violence. Maybe his dad was abusive. Maybe... Maybe he's abusive. Maybe he's a, you know, a child molester or, or something. You know, these are the questions you ask. Why? And it it chips away at who the character is, and you got a better understanding, like a more complex web understanding of of this character, rather than going, oh yeah, he's depressed. Well, let's let's work on. But what does that mean? Like, what are the questions that we can ask around depression? You know, what is depression? Even if we ask that question, what is depression? Maybe the character in itself doesn't know because we in, in life don't know some questions that we can answer, right? Mm. We, we, can't, we can't have an answer to every single question, but just the, the questioning of it opens up certain ideas of the character thinking about them because in life we do think about certain questions that we don't know answers to. And that is something that that's... Um, uh, directors see trivial or they see as like, oh, that's not my job, whatever it is. Yeah, it might not be your job, okay? You might think it's it's not your job, but if you want to become the, uh, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop of directors, um, they ask all sorts of questions, pre-production, production, and post-production. And these questions might come from, you know, this, the initial script analysis, come from the writer, come from the directors, come from the department, come from, you know, whatever avenues, but it should start at, you know, the, the simplicity of why am I doing this project, right? You ask yourself, why am I doing this? And then you, you go, well, I don't know. Well, what is it about this that, you know, is interests me? Does anything in, in this interest me? Well, no. Then what other questions do you have? What is the energy that you put into this by asking certain questions? And that's, um, that, that's a whole different story. But see how this can apply to, to every sense of the word in terms of production because that's kind of the fuel that gets the creativity going because without asking the actor, you know, or without the actor asking themselves question or maybe bombarding you with certain questions because here's the trap as well. You can also get caught up with just asking the questions without actually doing it. You can become an intellectual. You can sit around doing a podcast like Dean and I, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean we've made a film. It doesn't mean we've done anything. We've opened up ideas and exploration to asking questions about certain topics in, in terms of directing in terms of acting in terms of all this stuff but um it's a different story when you when when it's being played out when you're actually doing it so there is that part as well where it's like sometimes the, the questions have to be played out but it's kind of it gives you a, a a frame of where to start you know a frame of like where do we begin 
Like is, is even a question I'm asking now, like where do we begin? Yeah, like asking questions just keeps you, it, it's, the, it's the fuel that keeps you driving along this journey. You don't yeah. know how long the journey is, you know, like we always think, oh, it's just down the shops, you know. But no, like no, the journey is to Mordor. You know what I mean? It's 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 a long, treacherous walk, and there's so many, there's just so many things, so many avenues that you can take, take your story and take your thing. It's just a just it just fuels you to get to 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 get you to the end, because it isn't a simple thing of like yeah, he's just opening a door to a job interview, as we've just shown with just asking the questions. Like it just opens up those avenues, and you can just go. You know, question after a question after a question after a question after a question. You know, and this is like I said, you do this in your script analysis when you're first getting your script and you're analyzing it of like how you're going to shoot it and what you're going to do. And then you ask these questions with your actors and also pretty much everyone else on the set as well. I mean, you can do this not just with your actors, but you can do it with your, with your big heads of department, your cinematographer. Your wardrobe, your makeup, because those questions will 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 add those finer details. Will give that the specificity. It's gonna make it simple, specific. It's just gonna add these textures and layers that you know that are just gonna add more color to your to your film. I was gonna throw in the. An example, which I believe I heard a while ago with uh, Tarantino talking about like he wanted to work with Robert De Niro and um, he wanted to find out how he works. And like one of the things he realized is, you know, Robert De Niro is very meticulous. He asks a lot of questions or like he asks for every single little detail. And it's to the point where it's excruciating and people find it annoying. But hell, once again, it's like Tom Hardy, you know, these level of actors that you hope to work with one day, you will basically either sink or swim working with them because they will see, oh, um, this guy is not very specific um, or they're basically just asking questions for the sake of asking questions because, look, you can also play uh, dumb. You can also play like you, you, don't, you don't know what's going on. But... Um, there's moments which you make decisions based on asking those questions. And one of the things Tarantino did was he realized that De Niro would always ask, um, you know, what type of shoes would the character be wearing? You know, and when he met him, you know, and spoke to him about this script, about Jackie Brown, he said, uh, what, what type of shoes do you reckon this character would be wearing? And, you know, they got along. Because they were on the same page of like you saw that Tarantino was like very specific on certain things, you know. And then there was other times where even Meryl Streep was talking about working with De Niro and how, you know, he was in the costume department. He was putting on a jacket and he was zipping up this this jacket, and um, he was zipping it all the way up and then halfway down and then and then all the way down and then all the way up. And she watched him do that for a very very long time and she said, "What the hell is he doing?" And he was asking himself a question, basically, in his mind. Would he be wearing it like this or would he be wearing it like this? What does it say if he's wearing it this way? Or what does it say if he's wearing it that way? See, actors, good actors ask themselves unconsciously or consciously these questions to be specific. And then they have to make a decision based on uh, working with uh, a good director, which understands that working method, or basically making it on their own decision based on knowing their character. But it's worthwhile knowing how to ask those questions so then when you come across actors that do work that way, you know, it's much easier to speak to them. But even actors that don't work that way, it's much easier to open them up to certain uh, suggestive ideas. Like take, for example, I worked with um, an actress a a while ago. We were doing a a film and and she's a very good actress. And uh, one of the... uh, you know, she's a very uh, experienced actress and, um, you know, we were doing a scene and she's, she was playing a mum. And one of the, one of the um, questions, it was just a simple question I asked her was, what is in the purse of your character? Which she never, she never thought about, but it helped her 
not that I was trying to do something, but it helped her in some of the scenes um, understand how she could deal with her kid based on what's in her purse because mums, certain mums have certain things in their purse based on who their kid is. Do they have a toy in there? Do they have a muesli bar? Do they have a drink? Do they have wet wipes? You know, do, uh, knowing who your child is, you'd know what to put in that purse. Most actors and most directors and people working on on uh, average sets would just say, oh yeah, just, just pick a bag, whatever looks nice, whatever looks nice and shot, whatever it is, but it's empty. There's, there's nothing in there. And you don't ask questions about what, what will be in there. Or sometimes they'd put things in there just to make it heavy. They'd put rocks or bricks or, or just uh, a random wallet or keys or whatever it is. But yeah, what, what, what do those things mean to the character? I said to, to this actress, you know, because it got her thinking and she was a thinking actress. She's a very experienced actress and it got her very excited. I said to her, you know, if your child is a menace because her, her son is rocking, running amok in, in, this, in this party, I said, if he's, if he's running amok, um, how do you handle him? And what's inside the purse that, that shows me that, right? Let's, let's ask these certain questions. Bring it in yourself and then we'll make that decision together, right? If the kid comes up to you and he says, I'm bored, I'm bored, I don't want to be here, I'm so sick of this place, what is it inside there? Do you have a coloring book? Do you have pencils? Do you have uh, a chocolate bar? Do you, wh what type of mum are you to, to provide him relief from that boredom? You know, And it's those certain questions which open up the actor. Sometimes actors do think of these things, but there's a lot of things that kind of go on their mind, but it's it's great to be so specific to actually tie it into the scene at hand, to tie it into to what's going on, you know, because the most important question you can ask is what's going on here? Simple terms, right? What's going on here? What's going on here? And what surrounds you, right? What surrounds you? You ask that, you ask that question as the director and then we go deeper because that's still general, right? Yeah. Still very, very general. And then we ask uh, deeper and deeper questions based on who the character is, based on the relationship to the people, based on where they are, what time it is, what what the uh, what the weather's like, whether they're indoors, outdoors. You know, these things are in concrete uh, knowledge. They're there in the script. But then we go past the script. We ask deeper questions, right? We ask those deeper questions. Yeah, absolutely. And like you know. You could even ask, like, you know, is the kid diabetic? Would you have an EpiPen in your purse, you know? Asthmatic, do you have an asthma pump? You know, it's like all these little things. Like, you know, you hope the kid has his own little asthma pump, but you've got a backup one just in case the other one, you know, runs out of of the medicine or whatever it is that you've got, you know? This, this is very interesting that you bring up because if uh, – if and I've known to bring up certain questions, you know, directors would would come up to me and say, "Oh no, that's not in the script." I said, "Well, it doesn't matter whether she uh, would take it out of the bag or not. For her to have it there and know what that asthma pump means to her and her child has a sense of urgency to her character. You might never see it. You might never see it, but it's always there. So." It's worthwhile exploring. And directors don't go that far. Actors don't go that far. They don't ask the questions of like, you know, what is, what is the last time that, that uh, this situation, okay, let's go with Dean's example of the, of the child being asthmatic. And um, when was the last time he had a, an attack where he couldn't breathe? When did it come up? You know, how bad was it? what is the better choice to ask in these in these situations if it was just a mild attack then yeah, you might just have it on hand but if the kid is like on the verge of dying where he can't breathe then that asthma pump makes all the world a difference it's not just this is an asthma pump in the bag or whatever it is like you'd have so many other things alongside that asthma pump in your purse yeah well let's 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 go a little bit deeper like let's say you know that the 
the character is you're a very controlling mum. You know, like you're a very controlling. You you really like just control control your child. You really just have a con- constant watch on your child. Then making the child asthmatic, even though it's not in the script, that would make you more controlling because you're concerned about the health of the of the child that they're not going to have another attack. You're constantly watching for that. So that's a choice that you make. Instead of saying, oh, I'm controlling, what does that mean, controlling? How do you play controlling? But if you're looking out for an asthma attack, then you're going to be watching for those signs, you know? Then you don't have to tell the actress, okay, look at your child, make sure they're okay. You can be like, are they having an attack, you know? What's in the air? Is there anything in the air? Like, is there pollen in the air? Or is there, is there asbestos in the air? Like, how old is the building that you're in that it's going to trigger your attack? Remember my brother, like, we the first house that we lived in, he, we, um, it was a very old house and he had constant asthma attacks. But when we moved to a newer house and we built our house and it was a new house, those asthma attacks stopped. So you can ask questions about the environment that, you know that they the, the actress can look around to see of like what are the telltale signs that my child is going to have another attack i mean every time we're in a dangerous situation our mind goes through a back catalog of past memories to to look out for danger or to solve possible dangerous scenarios that's why like when before we die our life flashes before our eyes because it's searching for a a way out of this dangerous scenario that's going to end our life so you know like those are the that's what you can do you know what i mean and like just using the asthma attack that was personal for me like my brother had that so it's like that's a personal story that i relate to that i use that I don't have to do research about it. I don't have to, you know, I can do more research. It can make it more, even more specific. But there's a personal connection there. So maybe it isn't an asthma attack. Maybe it's diabetic. I don't have any experience with diabetic, but maybe the actress does. Mm. But if they don't, then then it's your job to to research it. Like you make a really good point on that. Because it's it's your job to research what does a diabetic attack look like? What is what is the repercussions of it? Like what are the things that that stop it from happening, and what are the things that trigger it? And then you bring those questions in, you know, whether it's asking those questions or asking the actor to prepare those questions, uh, but also covering your own ass by by understanding what it is as well that you can actually ask these questions about it. Yeah, like you you said, like it was at a birthday party. You know what I mean? So like what's a better choice? Asthmatic, you know, depending on the house that it is, or diabetic where there's going to be lots of candy and lots of, True. you know. So what's the better choice? True. And that's as you as a director or as, a, as an actor, that's what you decide. What's a better choice, being asthmatic or being diabetic? It's it's very true. And uh, the, only, the only kind of pitfall that I keep, going back to is understanding because some actors and uh, the ones that I'd say 95% you'll be working with will ask, well, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with everything because you're not just looking at um, these, you know, uh, these characters as two-dimensional written things on a, on, a, on, a, on a piece of white paper. You're looking at them as real people going through real things, you know, and the more things you can kind of build, you know, it's a cliche saying all these layers, but realistically you're building them through, like Dean says, a Jedi mind trick of like, yeah, what what suits the scene better, whether it's known or not known. Like in this in this uh, example that we're giving you with the, with the birthday party and the mum and the son, the script might not even have mentioned or alluded to that uh, the, the, the child is diabetic. And you don't have to write it in. But to provide it there to show, let's say, uh, like Dean said, you want to show that the mum is controlling. Then how do we ask those certain questions to create a controlling mum? And one of the, one of the things we do is, is obviously create the concern in her you know because we ask deep down what what is somebody that's controlling 
Uh, it can be on the on the basis of power, depending on like who the person is, or it can be on the basis of caring. And um, you know, if we allude to this person, not this character, being at this party, then those certain questions that we ask, of course, can be there. They can be in in the background because she doesn't have to. The actress does not have to think about these things. These things are already there. They're planted there. They're, they're put there because they exist there. Like Dean says, if it's a birthday party and it's got cake, me as the, as the director, if I told the actress, hey, your child is diabetic, right? Let's, let's work on that. Um, I'd put candy everywhere, you know, depending on how I want her to, to react. And I'd ask questions, you know, where is your child right now? Can you see him right now? Is he near the candy? When was the last time he had the attack? You know, when was the last time he took the, the insulin? Right? How bad was he? Um, Did you have to leave the premises? Did you have to go to hospital? Exactly. So you, you, you put these things as a director to actually create that uh, controlling mum, to create that concern because if the child is, uh, if you're talking, you know, with your friend, there and your child is off playing around the cakes or the sweets because he's a sweet tooth um you know always in the back of your mind you know as the actress she will know where her child is because in real life a mum caring for her child would be that concern be that controlling that either she'd keep the child around her or she'd at the back of her mind always know where he is always know how to deal with him and then if we go back to the, let's say, the purse situation where we say, what's in your purse? Well, it's related on, on the basis of, you know, feeding that thought, feeding that idea. So if we ask, what's, what's in the purse? What could be in there? We say, well, obviously, you know, uh, what do you call the diabetic pens hmm. could be in there, one of the things. Um, one of the, one of the other things could be, and I don't know anything about diabetes. It was the wrong, yeah, yeah. wrong thing. But one of, one of, one of the things is to control the, the blood sugar. Maybe, maybe she has an apple in there, you know, maybe she has some, uh, you know, what do you call them? Like those, um, antiseptic wipes, you know, um, and certain things that relate to her knowing how to kind of deal with, with her child that helps will actually create a better scene rather than giving that result, you know, giving that thing. Yeah. And like, you know, like how, then like also like how, how is your child with sweets? You know, do, do they love, do they have a certain weakness for certain sweets? You know, like what's their favorite? Is it chocolate? Is it, is it lollies? Where's the chocolate? Whereabouts is the chocolate? You don't have to worry about the lollies because he doesn't like lollies. He's not a big lolly guy. So you can see the lollies, like, eh, that's fine. But the chocolate, oh fuck, that's 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 his weakness. Got to be got to be careful when. Where's the chocolate? Where's all the chocolate located? Because he's he's a chocolate fiend, you know. And also, like you you don't you know like that's one choice of how to be controlling. Maybe he's a little shit, and he just causes a ruckus. And like the last time you were at a party, he caused such a disturbance. You had to leave home. You had to leave early, and you were an embarrassment to all the other mums because all the other mums have really like well-respected really good mannered kids and you're you've got you got a little shit for some reason for a for a, for a child so he causes all this rubbish so you've got to make sure that he behaves himself so he's not causing anything maybe he's got adhd and he's just a little just 10 times more energy he's really annoying maybe he doesn't have really good social skills so he's a bit of a bully he doesn't know how to think so the kids don't really like him you know like or he's really depressed. He's had a really tough time at school and you want to make sure he's having a good time at this party because he didn't want to be here. He wants to be at home playing video games. He doesn't want to be at this party. So many ways that you can do this. You know, like if you've got the budget, you know, and you've got the resources, yeah, do what Bucky says. Put chocolate cakes, lollies everywhere, you know, get buy that for the for the set. If it, you're right, if it if it uh if it helps, and most likely it will, um, if it helps the actor, tell them to to bring it in and understand what that EpiPen means to them, right? Know how that connection or that association to that EpiPen uh, is is tied to that child. 
you know, whether you say it that way, which is more of a result, um, but more so asking the questions of how many times have you used that EpiPen, you know, um, you know, where, where did you put it last time or did you bring it with you, you know, where did you get it, blah, 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 all these things. Uh, but also asking the child certain questions like that could create a certain spark with the mum, you know, asking questions of like uh, how many how many uh, pieces of chocolate bar can you sneak before your mum sees you, you know, just creates like it might not have anything to do with the scene, but it creates something within the actress to show a controlling mum, let's say one one of the examples that we're going with. So like knowing how to make these questions playable as in uh, you ask can when you ask this question can uh, can it be done if it can be done then you're right asking the right question right as in uh, just the example that I just gave you know asking the, the little kid how many pieces of chocolate can you sneak can you can he do it Yes, you can. You can actually do it. You know, it's actually an active, doable thing. So, And so what would be the opposite of that? What would be a question that you wouldn't ask that's not playable? Things like uh, like a general question, which is like, uh, you know, are you having a good time here? How's the party going? Or Those are good questions, yeah. I mean, they're, not, they're terrible questions, but I mean, they're, they're good examples. Because questions not to say because they're just very general and they just don't lead. There's no, they're not playable. Like, hey, hey, that doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't spark anything. It doesn't. It doesn't actually. He can't do anything about it. Mm. Like if you ask him, you know, are you having a good time? Yeah, I am. And he didn't actually do anything. He just replied to you. He just gave you a straight yes or no answer. And we go back to this, like, result. It's more of a result question. Yep. you know to give a result answer like a yes or no answer but if you ask you know certain open ended playable things you know always ask yourself the question that i'm asking can the actor do it even if it's even if it's a psychological question see if they're actually thinking about it you know in a way where where they don't just go yep that's that's the answer 1 plus 1 equals 2 that's it Whereas they're thinking about the possibility, that's that's the key. Yeah, the possibility. You want the you want that open ended, that open exactly. uh, that open ended question that leads to more questions. You want to open Pandora's box. You want that Hydra where you just you answer one question in your mind, or you kind of do it, and there just three more questions come up, and you're like, oh fuck, okay, cool. And you, there's just this endless rabbit hole of all these questions. Yeah. Um, you know. Okay, one more thing that I think we should talk about. What if you have an idea of where you want this script to go? You ask a question and the actor has an answer for you, but that answer is not going to lead down the path that you want it to go because it's going to add maybe to make, maybe make the script more melodramatic. Um, but you've got an idea of what you've asked the questions yourself. You know the general way of where you want it to go, and the the actor is good. It's not saying so not giving a yes or no. They're they're asking, they're answering really good questions. But the answer is not what you quite want to hear. It's not gonna. It's gonna answer. Do you, do you have a way of solving that? Um, and the way to do that is you say. Yes, that is possible. And then you can go, well, what if it's this way? You know, so go ask the question. You know the answer, but ask the question of what you, of the answer that you want. Um, or, or ask them questions that will lead them to a path that you want them to go on. Because sometimes an actor will answer questions and it's like, no, that's not the quite way I want it to go. Like I've I've already done the due diligence. I've asked and asked and asked these questions millions of times. I know why this is important. I, this is why it needs to be done. But the the actor's going a certain path. You know, you don't want to shut down the the actor by saying no, that's wrong, or yes, that's right, or no, that's wrong. 
Like either of those answers to them is not right. You always want to encourage them that, yeah, that's a possible choice. Yeah, that sounds like it, it, you know, that's definitely a rabbit hole we can go down. But what if this or what if we go that way? Can you can you imagine that this way, this possibility that I've preconceived? But you don't, so, so you don't say what you've preconceived, but you kind of lead them down that path without answering the question. Yeah, that's that is a very important thing because uh, you you could come to a crossroads where you and the actor are not kind of going in the in the same direction and. Look, if you, I think if you know the person very well or if you're very comfortable with them, I think you can be very direct because some actors like being very direct, like tell me what it is, tell, tell, me, tell me what to do. You know, some will actually not even like you asking questions. They'll be like, do you want me to do this? Because another trap is the, the actor wanting to play the result by asking the result. You know, do you want me to be more happy? Do you want me to be more sad? How do you want me to play this? Like, that's not a question you should be asking. We should always be asking what's going on, not how, how do you want me to play this? Like, even if they're experienced, uh, most likely they need to throw that conception out and then basically play it from moment to moment to moment because it will, in, in the hands of a good actor, it'll be somewhat, you know, fresh, but there could always be a moment of spontaneity missed, you know, and I think like if if the danger arises where they're asking the, the questions, you know, and they want you to to give a straight answer, always go back, and this relates to, to what you just asked, Dean, um, always relate back to the facts of the script, like what's going on, like what's what's there and what's rooted into it, the the theme which you were trying to convey and how their character is related to that theme. Are they for it? Are they against it? Are they moving towards it? And, um, you know, allowing the actor to be, I guess if, if they're not open, then you're going to have a little bit of a problem. But if they are, then always do what Dean said, you know, ask for that possibility. Say, yeah, that could be one possibility, but what do you think if, you know, Instead of, uh, you know, the child being, being an asthmatic, wouldn't you think it would be uh, a stronger choice that he would be a diabetic based on him being in this party with all this chocolate and all these things and based on you worrying about him? Um, and maybe the actor could say, no, 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 I worked on it. You know, I want to want it to be an asthmatic. You say, well, maybe he's both. What if he's both? And that heightened it even more as a choice. Um, so I guess like your flexibility and some, sometimes, you know, uh, knowing it well enough, the script to be able to uh, define it to the actor and, and show them that you know because you're the director. You have the confidence. It's it's cheesy. It's corny, but it's 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 the vision that you've seen it based on your understanding of it, and then you know everybody else kind of aligning with it, you know, and working together to align with it because they could bring out certain ideas, you know, based on these certain questions, but they could be a dead end, you know, they could be. Um, you know, it could not. Pl it could stop the playing of the scene up to a certain point where the actors realize it didn't work. So you could work it out in rehearsals as well. Yeah, like, you could definitely work it out in rehearsals. Or if you're working this out on on set, you know, and you know, like, oh, you know, like the actor's really stubborn and doesn't want to do it, you go, cool, we'll shoot one take your way and one take my way. That's it. That's so you, you know, do. like we don't, we're not no longer in the in the film business. I mean, some you know, we are trying to restore you know seventy millimeter millimeter film and thirty five millimeter, you know, because it looks so good and stuff. That's all other conversation. But you know, we're on digital these days, so you know, if, if you can make the time, you can do it. You know, shoot both 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 versions, and see what comes out. You know, yeah. um, and it, you know, if you can edit it together, you can kind of you know, I guess show like, look, this is your choice. This is my choice. 
ask the actor what they see. What do you think is a, what's a better choice? You know, well, what, what's more playable? You know, like you did this choice, wasn't as playable as my choice that I've come up with is a lot more playable. I think this is a better choice for these reasons and these facts and this is the spine and this is the theme and this is the ballpark. If we go this way, it can open an interpretation that I'm not looking for um, that is going to muddy the film. It's more clearer, this choice. It's more simple and more playable. Let's go for it. So Perfect. Let's end it there. That's it for me. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Great. See you next time. See ya.